Welcome to The Whole Steward, the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. I'm your host, Andrew Stanton, and I'm glad you've joined. What is time? You are certainly very familiar with it. You are bound by it. You live in it. And you use it ubiquitously every day. But have you ever tried to define it? We'll look at time as a form of capital and how you can better optimize your time investments for the glory of God today on The Whole Steward. This is episode number 20, a big milestone for me, and I'm thankful you're still listening. If you want to get in contact with me, remember letters at thewholesteward.com, or you can go to our website and check out all the posts I have there, as well as join the newsletter that I send out once a week on Mondays. It's usually just musings that I'm thinking about, but I've gotten good feedback from those of you who are subscribed. However, I've not gotten a new subscriber in a little while now, so if you're listening and you'd like to get on our email list, please do that at thewholesteward.com slash newsletter. We have many different forms of capital under our care. As we've talked about many times, we are stewards of spiritual capital, living capital, intellectual capital, experiential capital, relational capital, cultural, material, financial, and time. That last form of capital I have not given too much attention to, although it permeates everything that we do because it's required for investing in any of the other eight forms of capital. So let's talk about time today. What is time? As I said, you are probably very familiar with it. You're certainly bound by it. You live in it. You use it all the time. But let's try to define it. Have you ever tried to do that? Do it right now. Do it in your own words. Define time. Did you find it harder to define than it would seem? I know I did. Time is a hard thing to define. But let's just look at a simple definition. Time is defined by a sequence of events that are occurring in past, present, and future. It's often referred to as the fourth dimension. And Albert Einstein believed it was necessary for accurately describing position. For example, I live in Oceanside, California in the year 2023. You see, any reference to space and time together, that's what is known as an event. Time must therefore always be described in terms of events relative to the succession of one to another. So, for example, the year 2023, you might say, is a time, but it's really a time relative to Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. It's 2023 A.D. You see? Now, God is the one who created time by defining it in the beginning during his creation. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You see, the beginning is defined by what God did 
in creating the heavens and the earth. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. That's Genesis 1.31 and the first part of chapter 2. You see, the greater light is the sun, the lesser light is the moon, and that's where we get the definition of signs, seasons, days, years. The weeks and months are uh, implicit. Think about this. A day is one rotation of the earth relative to the sun. A week is the number of days in which God created the heavens and the earth, plus the one day of rest. A month is one orbit of the moon around the earth. And a year is one orbit of the earth around the sun. You see, time is a condition of matter at a point relative to how that matter changes at another point. And those are two events, and you can measure time in between. Thus, the modern measurements of time we have are directly based off of God's definition of time in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. You see? Also, from the beginning of time, time marches on, measured across by these events we know so well. Also, the effect of time on our physical life is very evident. It's often referred to as the biological clock, and it marks the passing years. A lot of times, people are trying to stop that biological clock or make it look like it's not running its course as quickly as it is. But nonetheless, it is running. And so, you are a steward of time. But in what ways? You have the same 24 hours in a day that I do and any other person does. So let's look at time as capital. Time is a precious resource and it must be managed well. Because consider, the nature of our language captures this concept so well. You can buy time, spend time, Save time, lose time, invest time, waste time, lend time, borrow time, kill time, make time. There is some debate about whether time is a form of capital, but I think from just hearing these terms, it's very evident that it is. And so that's why I include it as one of the forms of capital that the whole steward looks at as being under our management and our care. And it's a form of capital that needs to be skillfully managed well. 
Now, while that's the case, it's really Scripture that lays this foundation. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's Ephesians 5, 15-17. Now, we know that the value of any form of capital is based directly on scarcity and utility. That's what determines value. We've seen that in the past. You can listen to past episodes. But time, I would say, is very valuable. Why? Because it's very scarce and very useful. Your time is limited. It's limited to 24 hours in a day, 365 days in a year, and relatively few years in a lifespan. And it's also necessary for anything and everything you will do in life, in any other form of capital. This makes it scarce and very useful, and therefore very valuable. Moses in Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. You see, by numbering our days, we realize the transient nature of our existence on this earth. James 4.14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So we should seek to know what the will of the Lord is. We should seek to know Him and realize that that is the beginning of wisdom, knowing and fearing the Lord. Colossians 4.5 says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. So before we move on, I want to talk about what that phrase, making the best use of the time, means. In the Greek, it literally means to buy up, to ransom or redeem, and figuratively, to rescue from loss. The phrase, making the best use of the time, it can also be seen in Ephesians 5.16, which we've read already here in Colossians, and the same terminology is used in Daniel 2.8, if you want to look at that. The wise men were trying to buy time because they couldn't give the king the answer that he wanted. When we come back, we'll look at how you can exchange other forms of capital to buy time and how you can use time to build the other forms of capital. And this takes great wisdom. So we'll look at that next when we come back on The Whole Steward. Hey there, it's Andrew. I pour a lot into The Whole Steward, and I'm so humbled you're listening. Did you know I regularly post new articles to our website? I also send the Holistic Approach to Wealth newsletter once a week. 
to which you can subscribe at thewholesteward.com slash newsletter. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on the show, would you share it with a friend or leave us a review? I'd really appreciate it. Oh, and thanks for listening. Now, let's take a look at how you decide to make the best use of your time. How do you determine that? Well, I'm going to get very practical here for a moment. There's many, many verses in Scripture that talk about seeking wisdom, living in wisdom. The way that you live on a daily basis is very critical to be uh, to actively be managing for the glory of God. But let's look at a very practical example, and let's put some numbers on it. Let's say you own a house, and you have a leak under your sink. Now, you could pay a professional plumber $200, let's just say, to fix the leaking pipe. Or you could attempt to fix it yourself. Now, in the first case, you exchange money for time. Because you just pay somebody else and they spend their time to fix the leak and you can do something else with your time. On the other hand, you can do it yourself and that will require several other forms of capital as well. Number one is your time because it takes time to buy the parts and fix it. Uh, But it'll also take your living capital. I mean, you need your hands to work. It'll take intellectual capital because you need to know how to fix it. And it'll take some financial capital, too, because you're going to have to buy the parts and, you know, drive them back and forth to the store. It may even take relational capital because you might have to enlist a friend's help. Now, while you save money doing it yourself, it will be at the expense of all those other forms of capital. Because you're going to need to trade all those forms or use all those forms to fix the leak yourself. So let's put some numbers. The parts might be $40, let's say. The driving to the store is $10, you know, at 50 cents a mile. And it took you five hours to complete the job because you ran into all kinds of hiccups. You had to jump on YouTube and watch a YouTube video on it. Uh, You didn't have the right part, so you might have had to go back to the store Five hours later, you saved $150, but you spent five hours doing it. Now, that's $30 an hour, okay, plus the hassle. So you saved $150 and spent five hours working, but you also had a lot of hassle. That's $30 an hour. But here's my question for you. Can you find something to do with your time that is worth more than $30 an hour. I mean, unless you just really like working on plumbing under your sink and it's just really fun for you and you would do it whether you got paid or not or saved money or not, perhaps it would be better to, quote-unquote, buy time with your family. In the other case, if you call the plumber... You're providing him value because you're paying him the $200, and that goes to support his livelihood. That's his business. You've supported him and his family by enlisting an expert in the field. 
while spending your time on something else. You see? Think about this. What if you had $25,000 sitting in the bank, you knew you needed to invest it, but you just hadn't got around to it yet? If you could invest that into, say, a cash-flowing property where you could make $200 a month, and let's say you spent two hours a month working on your investment business, that would be $100 an hour. Now, there's a lot of work up front to set that up. However, maybe that would be a better use of your time, learning to invest the money that you have at a better rate, as opposed to trying to save money while working on your own plumbing. So hopefully this example gives you some, uh, some ways to think about how you allot your time and how you can even buy time by paying for certain things or spend time but save money. And the question is, what is more valuable, time or money? You often hear people say, Time is money. And growing any other form of capital, you know, requires time. This includes financial capital. And so why do people say that time is money? I think people should probably say time is more than money. Why? Because what's more valuable? The dollars? or your time. You can tell what's important to people by where they put the emphasis on it. Time is money. Or what if you said, time is money? You see? You need time to grow spiritually. You need time to grow physically. You need time to grow intellectually, experientially, relationally, culturally materially, financially. You need time for all of these things. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, says this, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Though we are bound by time, you can see our time is very limited. But it's comforting and important to know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today 
and forever. Hebrews 13.8 tells us that. God is not bound by time, for he created it. And when he made all things, he set time in motion, but he's outside of time. That's why Moses says in Psalm 90 verse 4, For a thousand years in your sight are but yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. God never changes. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. James 1.17 So, what is your time worth? How do you allocate it? You can see your priorities by how you spend your time. Just as you need to control your finances and have a handle on that, even more, you need to control your time. Perhaps you say, well, I don't care about money. Life isn't about money. Okay, let me ask you this. How many hours a day do you spend working for money? And how many days a week? It might be quite a few, huh? Would you do those things that you're doing if you weren't getting paid for it? So then certainly you think there's something else that you could better spend your time on. But maybe you don't know how to go about it. Well, figure it out. Figure out how to make the best use of your time. Instead of trading time for dollars, maybe learn a new skill. Keith Weinhold says, You spend all this time learning how work works. Zero time learning how money works. Yet, money is the only reason you even go to work. I go through an excellent example of this, uh, and I expound on it in episode number three, the second half. So if you're interested, I encourage you, go back to episode three, listen to the second half in particular. Well, listen to the whole thing. It's pretty good. Uh, But I cover this particular topic in detail in the second half. Uh, I would just encourage you, though, as you think about it, don't become obsessed with anything except that which glorifies God. You know, don't neglect being thankful for what God has given you. Don't complain or be unsatisfied, but try to balance your time properly in the other areas of your life. So you're using your time and you're managing the other eight forms of capital, and you need to try to balance those times. If you're neglecting any one of those, it certainly is because you're neglecting time among other resources that you need to be investing there. But time is required for any and every interaction that you have in any of those other areas, whether it's spiritual, physical, intellectual, experiential, cultural, material, financial. You see, you need time. So let me just kind of wrap it up with this. Ecclesiastes 3, 9 through 13 reads as follows. What gain has the worker from his toil? 
I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live, also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. So in summary, time is measured by a sequence of events. God created time, but he himself is outside of time because he never changes. Time is a form of capital required to do anything else with any other form of capital. You can do many various things with time, but God wants you to make the best use of it. One way you can do that is by considering your time value, and you can review that in episode number three. And finally, there is a time for everything. So be joyful and thankful for everything that God brings your way. As you reflect, consider this. Which of the eight areas of your life need more or better use of your time? And can you account for why you spend each minute of the day the way that you do? And finally, what ways are you thankful for the time you have been given? Thanks for listening. I pray you find this helpful. Now that you know more, go out and grow more. All content on The Whole Steward is for informational purposes only and must not be considered personal, professional, tax, or legal advice. Please consult an appropriate professional for individualized advice. Though we do our best to bring you reliable information, we make no guarantee on its accuracy. So you must rely on your own due diligence to draw your own conclusions. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and may not represent that of the host. Please visit our website for complete terms and conditions. Thanks for joining us today for the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. This show is brought to you by thewholesteward.com.